Hello and welcome to the Cosmic Eye Sunday Tarot Talk. I'm Jason and this week we are on key 17, the star. So we're making our way towards the end, towards the world card, uh, key 21. First, we started with the fool. And if you've stayed with me on this journey, uh, we're almost to the end of it. Key 21, as I said, the world. We're on key 17 today, the star. A very important and powerful card. Uh, that we'll get into today and discover some uh, more information about her symbolism, um, uses of this card, how it can help you in your life, and so on. Uh, so this is a deep one. Uh, so thank you for joining us. We appreciate you guys being here. Of course, you can donate to us at anchor.fm slash cosmic eye. Also want to let you know, happy new year to everyone. It is uh, uh, the second day of this new year, 2022, may it bring you uh, blessings and light. I hope uh, everyone is doing well, safe, happy, healthy, prosperous, and so on. Uh, we also uh, have an, uh, we've been posting a lot of uh, new tarot bags. So we create handcrafted uh, tarot bags, and those are available on the CosmicEye.org website or on our Etsy website. So if you follow us on uh, at Cosmic Eye Tarot on Instagram or on TikTok. Uh, there's a link there and you can find those tarot bags through our store, through our Etsy shop or through our, our website, as I said. Uh, so I know a lot of people probably got tarot cards as gifts for the holidays and so forth. So you wanna have a nice home for those. And we have these beautiful handcrafted bags with uh, Dupioni silk linings and there's a beautiful zipper. So it's a, like, it's a pouch style tarot bag that'll really protect your cards. Uh, both physically and and spiritually, so there's that great silk that you know keeps the kind of negative vibes off your card and so on, uh, off your cards. Uh, so thanks again for joining us. We appreciate you guys being here. I want to start by, of course, thanking uh, Dr. Paul Foster Case, whose work I, I draw so deeply from, and I'm so appreciative uh, of. And we uh, uh, we invoke his presence here uh, today with us as we go through this uh, tarot talk, this Sunday tarot talk. And uh, I believe he is here with us in spirit. Thank you, uh, Dr. Case. Uh, I wanna start with the, uh, the pattern on the trestle board. I've been uh, a little remiss lately. I keep forgetting to do that at the beginning of the show. And I think it's a really powerful affirmation. Going into this new year, it can be a really uh, powerful thing to memorize affirmations and so on. And this is a particularly, uh, a Kabbalistic affirmation. So you'll see that each of the, uh, the 10 steps in this affirmation correspond to the 10 sefirot. And we'll get more into that as we go deeper into our, our studies together. Uh, this, you know, this is, of course, a basic, basic level tarot talk that we do each week. Um, so if I, I do continue this, which I think I will, uh, we'll go back through and go even deeper into each one of these cards and, and continue our exploration. Okay, so here we go. The pattern on the trestle board. You can Google that, of course, if you want. It's a trestle board. It's T-R-E-S-T-L-E-B-O-A-R-D, trestle board. And that refers to uh, Freemasonic uh, symbolism. The trestle board was an area where the workmen would put um, the plans, the plans for uh, the jobs that they were doing, the trestle board. Okay, so zero, all the power that ever was or will be is here now. Number one, I'm a center of expression for the primal will to good, which eternally creates and sustains the universe. Number two, through me, it's unfailing 
Wisdom takes form in thought and word. Number three, filled with understanding of its perfect law, I'm guided moment by moment along the path of liberation. Number four, from the exhaustless riches of its limitless substance, I draw all things needful, both spiritual and material. Number five, I recognize the manifestation of the undeviating justice in all the circumstances of my life. Number six, in all things great and small, I see the beauty of the divine expression. Number seven, living from that will supported by its unfailing wisdom and understanding, mine is the victorious life. Number eight, I look forward with confidence to the perfect realization, the eternal splendor of the limitless light. Number nine, in thought and word and deed, I rest my life from day to day upon the sure foundation of eternal being. Number 10, the kingdom of spirit is embodied in my flesh. The kingdom of spirit is embodied in my flesh. Really like that last line because it reminds us that, you know, we're a, we're a spiritual being having a human experience. I say that quite a bit on our shows, uh, especially with uh, uh, Angel and our spirit work show. So we talk a lot about that sort of thing uh, on, that, on that show. Of course, those are available every Wednesday or Thursday if you want to check those out. Okay, so on to key 17, the star. We are there. All right, so basic meaning of this, of course, in a reading, the basic meaning of this card in a reading Okay, so in a reading, in a regular tarot reading or divination, uh, the star usually refers to insight, it refers to meditation, sort of um, unexpected insights, in essence, so something coming from sort of wisdom coming from the self or coming from the unconscious or coming from spirit. It has to do with hope, it has to do with influence over others, influence over others. It has to do with unexpected help um unexpected help and has to do with um the unfolding of of goals wishes hopes things like that so the star is a very positive card in a reading uh so that's its its basic meaning in a reading of course uh spiritually speaking and transformationally speaking we're going to go even deeper so we're going to look at what uh what this important card means for us so this is the third card in our in our middle row. So you remember we've talked about the cards in the past where if you take uh, the 21 cards of the deck and then um, well, there's 22 cards of the deck, excuse me, the 22 cards of the deck. So you put uh, three rows of seven and then you've got the fool on top. He's kind of free floating around it. So you've got these three rows uh, that represent um, different uh, different really phases of reality uh, in essence. And so on the first row, you've got this idea of principles. So the first seven cards, so one, two, three, or excuse me, one through seven, and you've got eight through uh, 14 in the second row, which represents um, uh, laws or agencies, laws or agencies, but also they represent spiritual unfoldment. So that, that row, this row, second row that we're in finally uh, represents uh, an unfoldment. Um, excuse me, it's in the third row where we're at now. I'm sorry about that. Uh, so we're, we're, we're down into the third row. So obviously, so for one through one through seven is the first row. Uh, the second row is, uh, is eight through 14. And then the third row on the bottom, the third seven is 15 through 21. So this, this last row is 15 through 21 is represents spiritual enfoldment, represents consciousness. <laughs> it represents causes and conditions, effects of what has occurred above. So this principles is the first row, the second row is laws. 
and then the third like universal laws and then the third row is, is causes and, and effects basically uh, so you can see how it kind of filters down through those levels of being okay so so in our in this third row that we're in sorry for the confusion there in that second row i lost <laughs> lost my train of thought there for a second excuse me in this third row of uh, this spiritual evolution or unfoldment represented by these by these cards 15 through 21 this third stage of unfoldment uh, is represented in the tarot of course in this row by uh, the star card and this idea that uh, is is represented this, the level of spiritual unfoldment is, is known as revelation a revelation so revelation is an unveiling it's a discovery it's a disclosure of information it's a connection to something um, or a revealing of something, a two-one. Uh, but the reality of the situation is that this discovery is not made by the seeker for this truth, but it's made to, to the person. So he or she receives this revelation. Uh, and there's this idea in, in occult teachings of the veil of Isis, a sort of mystery, and then the, the, the wisdom is behind this this veil so you know humans human beings do not lift the veil of isis and in other words like it's not something you can force but she isis unveils herself and that's that revelation or that discovery that's made uh that's that revelation or discovery that's made so the first two stages so we're on this third stage of spiritual unfoldment the first two stages are represented by keys 15 and 16 and 15 is the devil and that represents the idea of uh, bondage or materialism, but the recognition of, of the bondage and the recognition that we do not have to be in a bondage, you know, that situation of bondage. And then 16 is, of course, the tower card, the tower card, and that represents an awakening. So that sort of blasted tower, you see that Mars energy zapping into the tower, you see the sun there representing that energy represents that Kundalini energy, it represents that awakening, that spiritual enfoldment or or, or, or illumination. And sometimes it, of course, is accompanied by some discomfort, by some, you know, some changes in one's life and so on. So that's why, you know, that tower has that representation and that idea, symbolism of, you know, sort of falling apart because you see this edifice of, of our consciousness that we've created, our beliefs and so on, the structure of what we think, our paradigm is another word for it, uh, comes crashing down and we, we connect ourselves to a different higher level of consciousness and understanding. So as we said, this star card is the third, uh, the third stage of spiritual unfoldment. So really then in essence, the, the star card um, pictures something, it symbolizes something that operates from a different level uh, that's above human sort of personal consciousness, if that makes sense. So the things, the discoveries that are made, the revelations that are made at this particular stage aren't really perceived by the physical senses. And they're not something like, like a, um, something that it's really tangible. So they're, they're not conclusions reached by the reasoning mind as a consequence of, of observing things and in the external world. In other words, like, and it's not scientific objective observation, something like that. But uh, contrarily, so these revelations come to us 
uh, when the reasoning mind, when that logical mind, when that, you know, that monkey mind, as we call it, in you know, in, in the world of meditation and in Zen, is stilled and the senses are sealed off, they're quieted. Uh, so you go into a different state of consciousness and meditation. Star card, of course, is, is deeply connected to meditation, as we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about as we go along. Uh, but really, it's talking about that state of mind that you, ach you achieve this, this sort of unbroken state of focus and concentration, which is called meditation. So sometimes people you know, call the practice of sitting meditation. And that, that's fine. We've come to understand it that way in the West. But technically, the word meditation means an unbroken flow of concentration onto a single object. That's the way Patanjali uh, defined it in yoga aphorisms and by the way if you're interested in meditation at all that is a must-have book so there's you know hundreds of different uh, translations of that work uh, off the top of my head I, I can't really think of one that's good but just you know look through amazon and, and find one that's got great reviews and a lot of sales and that'll get you moving in the right direction uh, patanjali's uh, yoga aphorisms i think actually Swami Vivekananda wrote uh, a version of that. I think his, if I'm not mistaken, his, um, his meditation or yoga book, I'll, I'll try to look this up, um, is, a, is a rough translation of a kind of a, I don't know, not a translation, but a rough sort of, um, he borrows from, from Patanjali's uh, yoga aphorisms. But more or less, the, the yoga aphorisms you know, are the basics for any meditation or yoga practice. And so a lot of, you know, much, much of the modern work that's written about in meditation is, is borrows his, his, his uh, framework, his framework for meditation. So Patanjali, P-A-T-A-N-J-A-L-I, yoga aphorisms. So the, uh, the revolution, the revelations come, as I said, when the when the reasoning or the logical or the thinking mind is stilled and the senses are quieted, the senses are sealed off. And so that's a different state of mind than we're used to being in. Um, Yogananda used to say, you know, when you turn the searchlight of the mind inward, it reveals, you know, a completely different thing. That's what meditation is, uh, turning the searchlight of the mind inward. So if you can imagine like a, a searchlight in a, uh, like a, a lighthouse or something, you know, usually it's turned outward, you know, the light, you know, reaching off miles into the distance, but instead you turn that searchlight inward and you search the, you know, search the soul, search the spirit and listen for answers. That's, that's really meditation. That's a way of looking at it. So the letter Tzadi, Tzadi, it's a Hebrew letter uh, that's on that card. So if you have, by the way, if you have that, uh, if you don't have that card pulled up, it's helpful to do so. I'm using the BOTA deck, BOTA deck. So you can Google BOTA star card uh, or get Paul Foster Case's fantastic book. I've said this many times, but I stand behind it every time I do. Uh, the Tarot, A Key to the Wisdom of the Ages by Paul Foster Case is probably the most concise and finest book on tarot that is available today. And, you know, I, I, I personally feel like the most modern authors Obviously, I haven't read everyone, but most modern authors pale in comparison to the uh, the the 20th century authors on on tarot. And Paul Foster Case, in particular, is is just head and shoulders above all of his peers. Uh, 
Alistair Crowley, of course, was a genius and the master of tarot, A.E. Waite as well, uh, Israel Rigardi. Uh, the Cicero's uh, work on tarot. Um, Townley has a great book called uh, The Cube of Space. I'm just thinking of things off the top of my head that are worth reading. Um, there's a lot of stuff. Obviously, um, Stuart Kaplan's uh, Tarot Encyclopedia, particularly the first volume is excellent if you want to look at the history of tarot. Uh, so there's some, some research for you. But the point is, is that I uh, do look at this, this card and, and check out this image. Of course, if, if you're not uh, looking at it, let's briefly describe it. So there's a woman and she holds two, uh, two vases. Uh, one is pouring into a pool that's uh, under her right foot that she stands on top of her, her foot is as if it's they're floating on top of the water in essence. And then her left knee is kneeling on the uh, ground. And then she's holding in her left hand a vase that's uh, pouring out five uh, water. One stream comes down and breaks off into five streams. Um, and then above there's uh, so there's seven white stars. They're all eight pointed. And then there's a large gold star uh, in the middle uh, that is uh, has uh, 16 points actually to it. There's a red ibis bird, which is a bird that's sacred to Tothermes. And he is in a, a little sort of bushy tree. And then to her uh, left, uh, to the left of, uh, of this woman is um, to our right, but her left uh, is, a, is a peak, the mountain peak. Uh, There's a sort of a vi light violet colored mountain peak. And of course, the coloring around this card, the edge of it is violet. And that's the, uh, the color that's associated with the star. Of course, she's associated with Aquarius, with Aquarius. And then, as I said, it's key 17 and then the Hebrew letter Tzadi. So this Hebrew letter Tzadi, as I've said uh, many times in these different episodes, if you listen, all these Hebrew letters have a sort of a hieroglyphic. So they're attached to some kind of an object, almost uh, similar to like Egyptian hieroglyphics where there's a meaning to the actual hieroglyphic, but it's also a, a symbolic, you know, there's a sort of a noun associated with it. So this one's, this, this Tzadi is associated with fist, uh, fish hook, a fish hook, and a fish hook is a symbol for 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 angling. Angling is another word for fishing. Uh, so it's related, in a sense, to this idea of experimentation or research or a quest of a uh, you know a diving into uh, the, the the waters of the unconscious to kind of find something. So we'll get more into that. So quest is is again something that's not. Um, it's not really definitely realized. It's not a clear thing. It's not a clear thing. So there's a there's a feeling of of according kind of groping along or feeling feeling one's way, or you know sometimes we say not so much anymore, but it's kind of old timey saying that we're fishing for an idea, fishing for something. Some of you may have heard that before. Um, so that symbol of the fish hook then stands for this, uh, an agency or, or an uh, instrumentality where there, you know, there's an endeavor to, to solve a problem, to solve a mystery, to solve an enigma. I like the word enigma. Um, so so that it's, it's this, this fishing for wisdom, fishing for enlightenment, fishing for this revelation that we're talking about. 
Um, and it, you know, it, it gives us a means for the discovering, for discovering secrets, a method, really, a method where you can follow a, a little clue or an idea or an image that leads to the understanding of a mystery in your life. And really, that's what these cards are all about. They're helping you to understand yourself. Ultimately, they're all leading you back to the self, the higher self, uh, the spirit with a capital S within you, if that makes sense which is represented by that uh, first card that we talked about, the zero card, the fool, super consciousness, super consciousness. So this whole journey through all of these cards, through all these keys is really leading us back to our true self. Um, meditation is this agency or this mental power that's symbolized by the fish hook, which is Sadi. And in the uh, Kabbalistic Book of Formation, the Sefer Yitzhah, uh, Sefer Yitzhah, it uh, attributes the activity of uh, Tzadi to, a, to the Hebrew verb, which is not in the Bible, but it is in some rabbinical writings, uh, to this word that means to think or to speculate or to fancy. So the word Tzadi in these, in these rabbinical writings in, in the Book of Formation means to think, to speculate, to fan, fancy. Uh, so there's a, there's a sort of idea of, uh, you know, imaging, imagination, creative, creative imagination. That's where that word fancy comes from, in essence. Like, so it's, it's, but it's very similar also to the, to the English word contemplate. Contemplate implies a, a sort of marking out or a, a, cl a clarity in terms of your field of observation, in terms of what you're looking at. So it's a very concentrated, clear, limited uh view of something uh, so your whole attention your whole focus your whole concentration and mind power is brought to a particular object of thought a particular object of thought so this is where you're really learning to use the mind to connect to something deeper so that information that you know your conscious mind doesn't know is revealed to you is revealed to you and this comes through meditation as I said, so Patanjali defines meditation as an unbroken flow of knowledge on a particular object. An unbroken flow of knowledge on a particular object. And sometimes I've heard that described as like, if you can imagine oil pouring onto, you know, pouring into a cup, you see that there's this unbroken line of oil that, you know, seems to just, uh, you know, it's just flowing towards this, this spot. And you can imagine that in your mind. And that, that's this idea of meditation, this unbroken flow of concentration on something. Um, so another way of looking at meditation is that it's a close, um, a close continued thought, a close continued thought. So it's, it's sticking to one sort of central idea and then really dry, diving down, diving down into the depths of, of the mind. Uh, for different associations, different creative ideas connected with this main thought. In other words, this idea of fishing around for truth. And you think about this, this Sadi letter, fish hook, and it looks a little bit like a fish hook when you see it. You'll see what I mean when you when you look up the letter Sadi, the Hebrew letter. So, you know, this these uh, these associations or ideas really are the basis of of working with tarot, working with our tarot practice, even doing readings because the symbols on the cards 
lead us to a deeper part of our, our unconscious mind, a deeper part of ourselves, where we form these associations, these ideas, these intuitions. It connects us to this sort of clairvoyant part of ourselves where we can, uh, we can see things that haven't yet happened or see behind the scenes of things and so forth. So it opens up a, a part of us that we don't normally have access to. And that's why these cards are so powerful for us, for meditation, for study, for uh, divination work, you know, doing readings for people and doing readings for yourself and so on. Uh, so, you know, the, key, the keys before this, when we've talked about these keys way back, uh, key one, key two, and key three, so the magician, the high priestess, and the empress uh, symbolize fundamentals of the process of concentration of meditation in essence. So first you got this idea of the magician and that's the selection of, of a definite object on which your attention, your focus, your concentration is, is fixed. That's, so that's key one. So that's concentration and the magician. You can you imagine the magician with his, um, with his one hand up in the air and then the other hand pointing down to the table, which represents his area of attention or focus. And so you see that finger pointing down, that finger is really that concentrated attention, symbolically speaking. So secondly, then, of course, you're dealing with the letter Gimel, and that is uh, the high priestess. And there's an associative activity, a connection to memory, a connection to the, uh, the subconscious mind or unconscious mind that's represented by that key two and that letter Gimel. Gimel. So... And then third, of course, the development of, of mental imagery, creative thoughts, creative imagination that forms a basis, this forms a basis of, of understanding. And that's uh, represented by the empress in key three. So one, two, and three kind of explain to us when we look at those keys, this process of concentration that we're using as the basis for our meditation work, if that makes sense. So study those keys meditate on them, have them with you. They're very available, you know, they're very important and uh, very important, uh, how can I say this, um, excuse me, very relevant to the work that you're gonna be doing in meditation. So if you look at the magician, you look at the priestess and you look at uh, the empress, you'll, you'll begin to understand this process of meditation. So those are the mental aspects of this meditative process, this meditative process that gets us to this idea of meditation. In other words, this unbroken, clear flow of concentration onto one thought so now that one thought is the thought that you choose and that's the idea again of the magician so for some people in their practice they will choose a you know a zen koan which is a you know like for example what is the sound of one hand, hand clapping you will focus your attention on this seemingly nonsensical idea and try to you know sort of lead your mind down a path where it, you know it'll it'll kind of break through normal conscious thinking and provide you with this revelation you're looking for uh it's the same idea working with a mantra working with concentrating on mandalas uh working with you know active imagination type stuff or you know building an image in your mind or focusing on a question that you'll have. So we'll talk a little bit about that a bit later in this episode. All these are, are, are working through this, you know, this 
these aspects of getting us into this meditative state, moving us towards the state of meditation, right? So there's also the aspect of meditation that goes beyond the sort of mental or the spiritual. There's a physical, uh, there's physical results that occur. And that's when we start talking about the Kundalini and the different energy centers that are opened and the psychophysical, psycho-spiritual processes that open up within us and I'll create a higher level of consciousness in us as well. But there's a sort of physical aspect to that that occurs that uh, we'll talk about more as these lessons go along. So Sadi, the fish hook, gives us a hint to this physical part of meditation, uh, as I said. So because fish is represented uh, by the letter nun, which is uh, nun is, is, is connected to key 13, death. And the idea of hook by the letter Vav. So both Vav and Nun are, are in um, uh, are in the word Nun, which is interesting. So it's spelled Nun, Vav, final Nun. That's the letter Nun. So the le both the letters Nun and Vav are combined with this idea of fish hook um, connected together. So as I said, the letter known represented by key 13 is associated, connected to the sign of Scorpio and with that secret force governed by that sign, that Kundalini energy, that Mars energy we've, we've talked about. Uh, and the letter Vav represented by key five is linked to the sign of Taurus and they're, they're opposite but complementary signs. So Scorpio and Taurus are opposite but complementary signs. And the centers, that correspond to them in the human body are opposite and complementary. So Taurus is, is in the upper part of the body and, and Scorpio is in the, the sexual center of the body, sexual um, chakra. The meditation, that force uh, that expresses itself through Scorpio field of, uh, of our body is, is raised up. When I talk about raising that Kundalini energy and then becomes active in the Taurus region, which is in the, in the head and also includes the hearing centers. So in other words, there's intuition. We talked about intuition, we talked about key five. So if you wanna go back and listen to that, learn more about that um, with that lecture. So here we're talking about inner hearing though, interior hearing, or, or it's again connected to this idea of revelation that the star card is, is, is part of. So, you become then aware of that inner voice, which is represented by the hierophant, key, key five, which is connected to Vav, as I said. And that hierophant, he's a revealer of the mysteries. He's a revealer of the mysteries. So key 17 then is a symbol of that, of the revelation, which is made by the inner teacher, the self, the hierophant within through this inner voice, through this inner voice. So the, 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 the value of the character Sadi in, uh, in Gematria, in uh, Hebrew uh, number symbolism is 90, 90. So Sadi is 90. And this is also uh, the same value as the word Mayim or Mem, which is connected to the letter Mem. And it means water. And that's associated with key 12, the hanged man. So you can see, you know, when you start going through these cards, how there's so many connections and associations to the other cards. Uh, that, you know, it becomes this, it's this kind of um, 
you know, this occult science, really, uh, you know, and it is, it's truly an occult science. So when you start going deeply into terror, you, you, you recognize the connections to astrology and to uh, occult psychology and to alchemy and to, you know, Kabbalah and the tree of life and all of these different connections. And then there's, of course, all of the meditative symbolism that's involved. And it's just deep. It's, it's, it's so deep. And so, you know, don't get overwhelmed by it, take it step by step, but, you know, remember that you're never going to exhaust the mysteries of tarot, and that's the beauty of it, and that's just the, the 22 major arcana, and we're not even talking about the 56 minor arcana as well, which open up other mysteries. So, um, so this numeral correspondence that we're talking about here between um, Mem, Key 12, and the... Um, uh, it, it, it indicates a, the, the number correspondence when there's a similar number in gematria, it represents a, a relation between these letters and the ideas that they represent, basically. It's the whole idea of, of, the, of Hebrew gematria in, in the Kabbalistic system of wisdom. Um, and so we see also in the meaning letters, uh, the meaning of the letter names, the fish hook, of course, we think of water. So these are connected ideas, associations, and so on that go on. But since this card is all about associations um, and revelation, you see how it, one thing leads to another, one thought leads to another, one, one image leads to another, and then finally leads us to that, that information, that revelation, that aware, awareness or, or, or you know, secret understanding that we're looking for. Uh, but so, you know, the fish hook thinks you think of water, but you also think about an instrument for lifting the, you know, the fish out of the water, out of the water. So you think of that idea of fishing again, and you think about that meditation as this idea of sort of fishing for ideas or fishing for wisdom or fishing for uh, revelations. And, and really water, uh, if, you, if you remember back, we've talked about this a bit before, and we talked about this in Key uh, 12, the hanged man. There's a this idea that that water is the, is an occult name for universal subconsciousness, universal unconscious mind, what uh, Carl Jung would call the collective unconscious. It's the great sea from which all things have their origin. Uh, so, Key Twelve is also connected to this idea of a suspended mind. So, if you want, go back and listen to that lesson as well on the the hanged man. But the suspended mind uh, reminds us of uh, the, the Hindu idea of uh, samadhi, samadhi, and it's a suspension of activity of your personal consciousness due to deep states of meditation, deep states of meditation. So it's also called cosmic consciousness, this idea of samadhi. Um, and it leads to the revelation of universal truth or universal truths, uh, as it were. So in meditation, then, of course, said, as we, we keep this stream of consciousness flowing uh, in relation to a particular object, we gather uh, impressions and ideas and, and visions from that object. And that object may be an idea, it may be a problem, it may be a, a goal or a dream that we have, but we can become totally identified with it. I, I talk more about this uh, and I talk about this subject quite a bit in my book, uh, If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate. So if you're interested in learning more about meditation, 
you can check that out. If you can worry, you can meditate. It's on our website, cosmicai.org. Uh, or if you want to just go directly to Amazon, you can go there and find it. So uh, that's available. But this, this, the idea is though that you need to have, and Paul Foster Case talks about this, is you need to have a, a, a problem. So your problem may be that, you know, you're trying to find enlightenment. It may be that you're just trying to um, find a better way of getting along with your spouse. It might be that you need, you know, you have financial problems and you need prosperity. These are, these are different problems that we're trying to solve that we can use meditation to solve them for, uh, to solve the problems with. And so the idea is that you've got to have this, you know, in order, it's the same thing as like, if you're trying to induce a, a fish to, to bite on your line while you're fishing, um, you need some bait, right? You need some bait. So um, that your bait in meditation is your definite idea, your definite object, your purpose, your intention. And again, as I said, your intention might be peace, it might be enlightenment, it might be prosperity, it might be solving a health issue, something like this, but you can use meditation for all of these things, all of these things. The reason for meditation is to solve a specific problem of some sort. You know, maybe you've got a problem with anxiety, or maybe you've got a problem with depression. Uh, meditation can help you in those areas dramatically. And I tell you that from personal experience, and you can read about that in the book and how meditation, I, I say it, you know, in a lot of ways, meditation, affirmation, hypnosis, hypnotherapy, um, you know, spiritual teachings and spiritual help and so on, literally saved my life. But like the core of my practice definitely involved uh, uh, meditation, definitely involved meditation. So, you know, the interesting thing is, you know, if you've got a problem or a challenge, you know, that it's this, this thing appears as an adversary to you in a way. So it kind of pulls up the idea of key 15, the devil. But you have to realize, again, this is just an appearance. So as a practical uh, spiritual person or occultist, you know that, that this first appearance is, is just an appearance. And so you can disregard it. It's like that idea of the devil. We talked about that bondage to materialism or to appearance or to what we kind of think things are. But really, we know that, that our consciousness is a sort of universal solvent. The, uh, the alchemist called the universal solvent our consciousness, and we apply that to solve these problems, universal solvent, solving problems, right? That's meditation. You go deep with it. Use consciousness to, uh, to go into deeply into the self. So you have to really, uh, first, when you're talking about uh, meditation, you have to silence, silence and quiet down the sort of chatter of the mind, called, maybe called superficial part of the mind activity of the, of the personal consciousness. Um, so, you know, just like a fisherman, he sits quietly and he waits for the fish. So, you know, in meditation, you've got to learn to wait patiently until that fish of thought, that fish of an idea, that fish of a solution takes the hook, the hook. But that hook is always a specific question or a specific intention. Uh, specific intention. So you got to have a specific intention when you meditate. I think that's why sometimes people sit and they, you know, they just feel like they're um, sitting passively and sort of waiting for something to happen. And, you know, that's sort of part of meditation is, is, a, is a kind of an open attitude, but it's not really passive. You know, you're not just sitting there like a, like kind of like a jellyfish on a beach or something, just like 
or jellyfish in the water just kind of floating around and just being you know blown back and forth by the currents of the ocean but you actually have intention you have purpose you have clarity and yet at the same time there's an openness and an acceptance and a willingness to listen it's paradoxical think about that it's a it's a deep key to to really being able to meditate properly so uh, one of these things with, that we have to understand is that you know we don't discover truth so you know it, it's something that that really unfolds for us it's revealed to us by a higher source um, so you've got to be quiet but we've got to have an intention and we've got to be intent on receiving light to uh, you know light on our problem on our health issue on our um, on our goal whatever it is we have to invite the soul invite the soul in invite spirit in so it's an attitude you know it's an attitude and in this attitude then we're, we're able to hear the voice of the hierophant you know that key five that's what key five represents and that the hierophant is a revealer of the mysteries and then he'll speak to you clearly distinctly and definitely through images through ideas through hunches through revelations these things will come to you you know we're in a new time of a new year obviously so it's an important time to kind of really focus on what's your intention for this year you know if you want to make goals or you want to make resolutions that's all great um but think about the purpose of your life in general you know what are you trying to accomplish what what what's meaningful to you what moves you where's your passion and if you don't know those things meditation can help reveal that to you so if you sit down with the intention of trying to discover your purpose in life your passion what you know what it is you really want to give yourself to in terms of your work or your vocation your vocation or a creative something creative or what have you meditation will help you discover that so you go in with that intention you know of of discovering your passion your truth your path in life you know so many people get hung up i think on what other people want them to do or what their parents told them they should do or what they were good at in school or whatever and then there's this part of soul that kind of is rebelling against your life and keeps you awake it sends you dreams it gives you anxiety it makes you question things and it means you're you're not on exactly the right path when you're not peaceful and you're not connected to your true kind of um, purpose, your natural purpose, if that makes sense. So what happens in meditation course is that there's a disclosure of new aspects of truth in our lives. Um, there's this idea again of, of the veil of Isis, this hidden mystery. And, you know, it's, there was, a, there was a, in, in ancient Egypt, there was a statue uh, in, with Isis, and there was an inscription that said, no, no mortal had ever lifted her veil. And so it doesn't, you know, it's an interesting thing. It's an interesting paradox. So this continues to be true in our day. You know, you can't just lift the veil of mystery. And yet the veil of Isis is lifted again and again by those who are, are actually prepared and who you know work these these this do this spiritual work, do this meditation work, and you can actually behold that 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 vision of a presence. You know you can you can see you know you can see behind the mystery of the universe. You can 
like like Keanu Reeves, you can you know see the truth of the Matrix behind the the Matrix. Um, except it's not something ugly behind the matrix, it's something beautiful behind this physical presence that, you know, looks like we're in bondage, looks like we're in this material uh, world. You see the spiritual truth behind it. So it's the opposite, really, of the matrix in essence. Um, but same idea, same idea. But nature, the idea of nature does not, doesn't hide herself from us. You know, spirit doesn't hide from us. That veil that conceals the truth is the, is the veil really of our own ignorance or our foolish beliefs. And, and that has a lot to do with this idea of separateness and mortality. We don't see our, you know, we don't see our spiritual infinite and eternal possibilities within. We just see the body and we say, oh, well, I'm getting older and I'm going to die soon, or one day I'm going to pass away, or, you know, we see this and this and that. But it's flipping it around and saying, well, no, this is a body. My spirit is immortal. My spirit is eternal. It's connected, it's connected completely to the one source, the one presence, the I am presence that we talk about all the time. Uh, so that idea of separateness and mortality, keep that veil up for us and don't allow us to see that true mystery. But we can remove that veil through this practice of meditation. Why it's so important to work with these cards. I talk about it every week, like a broken record, but seriously, take the time to, you know, make it a New Year's resolution. If you haven't done it yet and you've listened to these, uh, these lessons, you know, get, a, get these cards, get some tarot cards, particularly those BOTA cards. You can color them yourself. They're fantastic. That really works on your unconscious mind and sit and contemplate them each day sit and just look at them for five minutes and allow the images on the cards to penetrate your consciousness and go deep into your unconscious they'll activate these latent powers within you that's the power of these cards you know they're not just some kind of play thing or some kind of fortune telling cards these are you know serious tools to open and awaken centers and powers uh, within you that are connected ultimately and will connect you ultimately to the self, to spirit, to God. And so, you know, that's what that's the depth of the the, the symbolism that these of, of these cards that we're working with. And that's why, you know, I do usually recommend people work with. Uh, cards that are a little more traditional, a little more based on the Marseille deck or the, you know, the weight deck or some kind of, a, you know, some of the older decks uh, that are available based on the symbolism of those decks, because those are really connected to the symbolism of the ancient wisdom of this occult psychology and this, you know, the mysteries uh, are, you know, some of those ideas are lost in some of these newer cards because people will just change the symbolism or suddenly change the meaning or the wording on the card or, and so forth. And, and you're not getting the, the connection to the archetypal symbolism and the wisdom that the creators of these cards intended, if that makes any sense. And I keep saying, if that makes any sense, I'm not sure why. This might be a New Year's thing. I need to resolve not to say any more in this show if that makes sense okay so the number 17 uh, of this card so it's key 17 number 17 is composed of course of the digits seven and one seven stands for the power uh, which is expressed through uh, one the agency of one uh, and that uh, is of course the magician so we're dealing with the chariot and the magician 
So, and uh, as I said, the chariot then is a symbol of this receptivity, which is necessary for the meditation. And of course, the one is the magician, which is that focus or concentration. Um, so, you know, if you want to start to meditate and you want to work and you want to concentrate, you know, make time to do that each day. Uh, start with the five minutes a day with the card and then may, you might extend that out. And then after you've looked at your card for five minutes, you might just sit and concentrate on the breath for another five minutes and build that practice. You know, do it at the same time each day. You might want to light some incense or light a candle, something like that to help set a kind of a, uh, a sort of vibe or a mood to that area. Uh, that you're going to be in and, and sit in the same area each time make sure it's a nice quiet area um, so you also have to remember you know when you go into this practice that the personality your personality your what you think of as you the ego the persona whatever um, type of way we're looking at it uh, is really just a vehicle for this one power, this one life power, this super consciousness that's that's working through us. I say we're a spiritual being having a human experience, and the spirit is one. You know, it's a universal energy, a life energy that's through, in and through every everything there is, every created thing, every uncreated thing, and both the spiritual and material worlds. Uh, is are pervaded by this one consciousness, this super consciousness, this life power, and it's a it's a creative force. You know, it's a creative force. It's constantly evolving. This evolutionary process, constantly spiraling, moving upward, and um, moving into different realms of consciousness and different levels of of evolutionary development, and so on. Uh, but, you know, this idea of this word or this life power, you know, we've heard in the Bible, the word in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. That's in John. This idea of the word or the logos, as they say in Greek, is sort of a creative speech. It's a creative power. But this word is really, it's right within our hearts. So we're able to receive the disclosures and the revelations of truth in our minds, in our hearts. Uh, the mental attitude, though, as we talked about, symbolized in tarot by the magician, really is that the means uh, to where you can discover the truth, put it into practical application. It's the concentration, it's the focus, it's the choice, it's the attention of our consciousness that we're using. Again, I talk a lot about that in If You Can Worry, You Can Meditate, my book. It's the same idea as going through tarot as, you know, as our, as our in, uh, you know, our understanding of meditation. So man, then human beings are the transformers of, of their environment, you know, um, but that's in accordance with how you see reality, your perception of reality. And so you've got to work on your perception of reality. You've got to connect yourself to this deeper truth and you've got to apply your power of consciousness wisely. So as a magician, in our own lives, we're a magician, we're projecting our own magic, sort of magic circle, the uh, magic circle of circumstance, Paul Foster Case calls it, with our, with our imaginations, with our creative imaginations, with our mental imagery. In other words, and there's that idea of the matrix again, we're creating this sort of paradigm or matrix of understanding of what we think the world is like. But it's a, it's a very small view of it. And of course, sometimes our view of what the world, quote unquote, is like is wrong. We have, we have a wrong idea. And that's where that idea of the, 
the tower comes into play. So as we do this spiritual work, this uh, meditation, and we do this um, ritual work, and we understand symbolism and study myth and connect to our higher self, you know, that tower of those, that old idea, that edifice that we built, the sort of understanding of the world, it crumbles down. And, and we recognize that, no, it's not me, this tiny little individual being having this experience, but it's this universal consciousness having this experience through me and having this experience through everyone else. And we're not separate. We're all one. We're all one. And so today, you know, we've, we emphasize so much in the media, on social media and movies and so on, the differences between ourselves and the you know, the, the different cultures and sexuality and the different ethnicities and the different political views we have. And we don't focus on that universal connection that we all share to spirit. And yes, the differences are important, but more important is the fact that we all share in this universal consciousness and we're all part of this one mind, this one presence, this one power, and it's easy to forget that. So if you take anything away from this lesson today, remember that we're all part of this one presence and one power. And that, you know, that person, even that person that's making you angry or shares the absolute, you know, opposite point of view to you, or maybe even someone that's hurt you, they still all share in that same universal presence. And so, you know, you've got to remember that they may not be aware of it. They may not be feeling connected to it. They may be dissociated from their true purpose or true self, but they're still part of that one presence and one power. Aquarius, as I said, is connected uh, to, she's a water bearer, Aquarius, of course. And so you can see that connection in this card. You see those two, uh, those two uh, vases and the water pouring out of them, which is the symbol of Aquarius. So that's attributed to Tsadi and of course, key 17, this star card. Um, so th there's another idea associated with, so the symbol for, uh, for, for, um, uh, Aquarius is these, these kind of squiggly lines that look like water and it's the same symbol that's used, uh, for in alchemy for this idea of dissolution, dissolution. It's a breaking down of something. And so there's this idea of breaking down, you know, our old incorrect ideas and then connecting to truth with a capital T. And that, you know, happens when we go deep into meditation, when we go into do this spiritual work and so forth. Um, again, I talked a little bit about this earlier, uh, but so, so in the idea of alchemy, and key 10, which we talked about, the, um, uh, the, uh, the wheel of fortune, key 10, the wheel of fortune, and in key 21, the world, there's uh, the four fixed signs of the zodiac are represented there in the corners. And Aquarius is indicated uh, by the man. So there's a man. So man is this idea, uh, the, the idea of man in the sense is the great, the great fisher for new forms of truth. Again, we're getting that fishing idea, the idea of Tsadi diving down into that consciousness for truth. 
so, but what really, you know, we're as human beings, the possessor of this universal solvent I talked about that's described in alchemical books. But the, this universal solvent uh, symbol is just a symbol, this idea, it's just a word that means, you know, human consciousness and it's concentrated and directed in meditation. And with this, uh, with this consciousness, with our human consciousness, that's, you know, this universal solvent idea, uh, you know, we can solve every one of our problems, every one of our problems. So uh, connect to that part of yourself, go deep. You know, you have within yourself the capability and the creativity and the potential to do whatever you want to do. And it's especially important to remember, of course, this time of the year at the new year when we're making new goals and so forth. So keep that in mind. Uh, I'm going to wrap this up. I'm almost done. But, you know, bear with me because I got a few more important things to say about this card. So Aquarius, of course, ruled by uh, Uranus and Saturn. And it's interesting because those, excuse me, those two planets are represented by the first and last keys of Terra. So Uranus is the fool and the world is Saturn. It's connected to Saturn. Um, so, you know, it gives us another idea of, of the how the practice of meditation, uh, the practice of, of, of sitting and, you know, in, in, in concentration and, and listening for these answers, that we can find the answers to our questions. We can find the solutions. We can create the state of mind. We can create the uh, we can visualize those things we want to achieve and so forth. We can use our minds to create the type of life that we want to live, um, the state of peace that we want to be in, you know, the state of, you know, compassion that we want to radiate to others, you know, the, the relationships we want to have. We can create these things. So really take time this week as you're working on uh, your meditation on this card each day. So take, you know, your five minutes a day to look at this star card and also think about formulating uh, your goals or your desires into specific statements or specific problems or a sort of a clear kind of understanding of it. And by the word problem is really just meant that, you know, something that you, you want to achieve, something you want to achieve. So if you really focus on those, those things, you know, if you make them really clear, formulate them, write them down, you know, see them in detail and so forth, and really highlight them, you know, one at a time, of course. So if you sit down to do meditation, just do one of these particular goals and, and really, you know, make every detail clear and definite. And then, you know, sit down and do that, and, you know, fish, as it were, drop the drop the sadi down into consciousness and, you know, use this process of meditation to, to fish around for these ideas. They're in this, this incredible depth that exists within us, the mystery, the one consciousness that I was talking about, the, you know, the solver of problems, the creator of the universe that, you know, there's part of that, there's a seed of that within us. And that's what we're connecting to when we go into these deep states of meditation. So don't think about the problems, possible solutions or, or the goals, solutions, but just let the, the stream of consciousness flow kind of past your point of observation. So let, you know, let your consciousness move out and kind of go into different areas and then, and then watch for the ideas that are coming up. So still your mind, still your body and watch for the ideas or the visions or the feelings that come up 
that are connected to this central idea of whatever it is. So for example, if it's like, I want to, you know, be more prosperous this year, you know, then you might formulate a question, how can I, how can I live a more prosperous life in 2022, for example, that might be a clear, clearly stated uh, problem. And then you meditate on that. It doesn't mean you need to sit there and think about that the wording of that problem, whatever, just hold the intention of the, of what you're looking for. So the intention is for prosperity, you know, so ask yourself that question and then kind of hang on to the idea of solving that, but don't try to solve it with the conscious mind, allow your consciousness to go where it wants to go and sort of fish around in the unconscious as it were, and just pay attention to kind of what comes up. Now, if stuff comes up that's not related to your, your focus or your intention, just disregard it and kind of let it float away like it's a cloud. Uh, if it is related, you know, pay attention and either write it down or make a note of it. And then when you're done with your meditation, you can look at the things that came up uh, and really you know, put those things into action, put those things into action, because that's really what it's all about is once you do get the solutions to the problems, putting those into action. Right, so that is some ideas about the star, a very powerful and important card. You can also use the star before you meditate. So you can, as I said, you can look at this card before you sit down to meditate, and I highly recommend doing that. So if you do do this practice, take the five minutes to look at the star card, and then maybe take five, five minutes or more uh, to focus on your intention, uh, to focus on your goal, to focus on a problem you want to solve, to focus on a healing that you need, whatever it is. And, and you know, the, the star card, by looking at that, will open up your consciousness and take you to a, a kind of a different place and begin to, like, help you to associate and bring up new ideas and so forth. So it's a really powerful way to meditate using that star card and then putting the card down and then just allowing uh, your, your, your attention and your focus to go to that goal or that problem and then just watching what thoughts come up afterwards so i hope that's helpful i think uh that for 2022 and you know if you're listening to this years later uh any you know any time of the year or any time in your life when you want to make changes or connect to new goals or create transformation you can use this star card you can use meditation you can use prayer and affirmation visualization of course the star card will help you really get connected to the power within that'll allow you to really manifest these things you're trying to achieve. All right, so uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be doing key 18. Key 18 is the moon, another interesting card. Uh, I really like that card, actually, so I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, so key 18 will be soon. Like I said, if you have uh, any uh, new tarot decks and that need uh, bags that need beautiful tarot bags. We have those available now. Of course, we're also going to have uh, some new products available on CosmicEye.org. So check that out. And if you would like to donate, we're at anchor.fm slash CosmicEye. And again, please follow us at CosmicEye Tarot, uh, at CosmicEye Tarot on TikTok or on Instagram. And of course, if you go to the website at CosmicEye.org, you can sign up for our newsletter. We've got a a nice newsletter that goes out every couple of weeks, you know, kind of telling you what we're doing and there's different specials and sales and all kinds of cool stuff going on there. So again, thank you for joining us. We'll be back, uh, as I said, next week uh, with Key 18, the moon. Uh, thank you, Paul Foster Case, for being here with us and guiding me.
Um, blessings and light to everyone in the new year. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye.